So this morning I'd like to set the context for our practice as we enter into the teaching that the Buddha gave on the foundations, the support for the cultivation of mindfulness, which is at the heart of the training of meditation, or what the Buddha called bhavana, this development, this cultivation of the heart and the mind and the body. These three great schemes of our energy, our embodiment, our bodily energy, the energy of the citta or the heart, the energy of the mind, the thinking mind in particular. So cultivating consciously in regard to these three streams of energy to begin to gather them in to this fundamental profound nature of mind which is awareness presence and to infuse that presence through these three streams of energy and and in particular today focusing on the body which is where the Buddha begins so today as we start our retreat as we arrive into the stillness together as we arrive in this form we'll really I encourage you to really uh, hold an attitude of great gentleness, great patience in regard to coming into relationship with your embodiment, your body. Because the body picks up a lot of stress, a lot of strain, and holds, holds a lot, holds a lot where the mind can move very quickly from one thing to another. The body feels the impact of what happens to us in our lives and it tends to hold that impact and sometimes we don't really have the time to give true awareness and presence to the body kindness to the body to allow some of the stress that accumulates the pains and the emotional congestion and constriction that's felt within the body that accumulates, we don't allow the time and the kindness and the awareness for some of that to be digested, dissolved, integrated and released. So today this focusing on the gathering of mindfulness, the training of attentiveness, this quality of attention into the present, into the body, Bringing forth our awareness is the activity of what's called samadhi, which literally means gathered, focused. And samadhi, one dimension of samadhi is that it has a healing effect. It starts to heal and integrate that which has been split, that which has been unconscious, that which has been distracted, that which has been numb, that which has been wounded. The fundamental principle of samadhi is beginning to allow our attentiveness to be here, to be here and now, the more here and now, and then as we're here and now, focusing, resting our attention on our embodiment, our experience of our embodiment, not what we think about our body, but our actual experience then in and of itself there's this gathering that starts to happen. 
the energies that have been very dispersed through our thinking, through our habits, begins to gather, that energy gathers. It's, it's the energy of the mind and it starts to infuse the body. The body starts to feel that attentiveness and it allows it to relax, it allows it to heal, it allows it to let go. So this will be a little bit our work today with this attitude, gentleness, patience as we meet ourselves within this silence. So two great supports for this work what the Buddha called Sata and Samvega Sata means confidence or faith. Some vega means urgency. Or the appreciation of the situation that we are in as human beings, which is this urgency is the encouragement not to dally, not to think we have forever, to use the opportunities that we have. It's not meant to be an, uh, something that's harsh or bullying or we can't bully ourselves into awakening. <laughs> we can't, you know, um, be a, you know, it's not trying to encourage a sense of inner tyranny in this practice which we can do so well. But it's just to hone our intentionality to be able to get a sense of it's not about in the future when everything is perfect that, every, that we will really be able to do this work. Because it never is kind of totally perfect. It's about realizing this is the opportunity now. So if we can hone that sense of urgency to remembering to say, let's just use this opportunity the best we can together. And little by little relinquish the mind that keeps going, well, in the future when I can do the three-month retreat, or when I can be in the perfect retreat center, or when my mind's really calm and still and I get to wherever I think I need to go. So when we see that kind of thinking, this encouragement of the samvega, the urgency is to remember this is what we're working with here and now and it's good. And the urgency is to let's work with what's here and now. This is the perfection, actually, is that we can work with what's here and now. And also there's encouragement as in when I trained in a monastery and every day we would reflect, we would chant, all that is mine, beloved and pleasing, will become otherwise, will become separated from me. So again, it's not meant to generate a sense of let's then hold on to as much as we can while we've got it, but it's the reality, it's a reality. We're coming into relationship with reality in this practice. It's the reality of understanding the impermanence of our situation, of everything that we are in relationship with. So for this retreat and for this time, the encouragement as we enter this first foundation of mindfulness which we'll be cultivating today 
the encouragement and the, the sutta begins by encouraging us to, to, to withdraw the mind from its preoccupations and its worries and its anxieties and its concerns and what will my loved ones do, what will happen to the world, what will happen in the politics. We will come to that in due course. We're not denying these realities. We're not pushing them away out of some aversion. But for now, we're giving ourselves permission to take our foot off the clutch, so to speak, just to let things go so that we can pause, so we can gather. Because the mind that has samadhi, the mind that's focused, when we turn that mind and that heart to these problems or issues, there is much more power and ability to respond with insight and appropriate action than a mind that's scattered and full of worry and anxiety and fear. But we can't gather these energies, these fundamental energies of the mind and heart unless we first sometimes just put things down. So during the day I encourage you when you find yourself worrying, as the Buddha encouraged us, he said in the beginning of this sutta, this training, to practice what's called viveka, which is to withdraw the mind from the current of disappointment, grief, longing, hankering for the world. And we can do that by just simply encouraging the mind with the thought, be here, be now. Be here, be now. And then this opposite but connected and balancing quality of what's called sadha or faith or confidence is the encouragement as we come here and now is to connect with our fundamental faith. We have faith in our profound potential for awakening, for health. There's so much that can sabotage that, isn't there? We sabotage our, our health and our well-being and our potential, all these voices. But to remember to trust the intention that brought you here, which is an expression of, of the faith and the confidence in your awakened nature, in your true and deep, a wise nature. So we set the intention in this retreat that we use this time to do this work and we trust that, however much we wobble along the way, <laughs> and we will, we we'll wobble, and it's not to say that faith means we shouldn't have any doubt. Doubt will come and doubt is something we work with, has its place, but it means that underneath all of the moods and the changes and the can do and I can't do and it's working and it's not, we, we set our deeper orientation for our life, for our practice, for this retreat around the intention and the confidence in our fundamental wish for, for living a more conscious life.
So in the Buddhist practice, there's encouragement to have faith in the, the refuges, which many of you know about, and I'll get to talk about that at a later point in the retreat. But fundamentally, it's the, the refuge in the Buddha, which basically means there's external Buddha, but internally, here and now, it's having faith. The fundamental nature of the Buddha, the Buddhi, is the, 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 the inner awakened nature. This is an inner aspect of the jitta, or the mind and heart. It's the capacity for wisdom, for knowing, which is the quality of awareness. Awareness has intelligence. It has this knowing capacity. It has this reflective capacity. It has mindfulness. So we take refuge there. Orientate around being aware, being present, being the knowing. As our teacher Ajahn Chah used to say, being the knowing. We might know ourselves in so many different ways. Our experience can have so many different aspects, good and bad and happy and sad and so on. But what we, do, what we sometimes forget when we get caught up in all our reactions is that we can always come back to this this nature of knowingness, the knowingness of the awareness of the heart. This is a refuge in the Buddha. The refuge in the Dharma, the Dharma are the teachings that we reflect on, but here and now the Dharma is ever unfolding its reality to us. Everything speaks the Dharma, everything is changing, everything is revealing its nature, and on that we can reflect the body, its sensations, its feeling tones, it's the Dharma. So we open, we open ourselves to, to reflect and be present for our experience. And the Sangha, this last refuge, is about, it's about community, but it's also about our ability to practice with our experience. It's about our ability to choose to practice, to align with our health, to align with awakening, to align with wisdom and compassion, and not just to be a leaf in the wind. Whatever mood comes, we get knocked out. We can practice, and this is, as we practice today with our experience to develop and cultivate this first foundation, then we are taking refuge in the most profound way that we can. So to begin our training, the first foundation of mindfulness is called the Satipatthana Sutta. Thus have I heard. On one occasion the Blessed One, the Buddha, was living in the Kuru country at a town of the Kuru's name Kamasadamma. There he addressed the bhikkhus. Bhikkhus means monks, we can also infer by bhikkhus that uh, he's talking to monks, nuns, laymen, laywomen, practitioners, he's talking to us. There he addressed the bhikkhus thus, bhikkhus, venerable sir, they replied. The blessed one said this, bhikkhus, there is the direct path for the purification of beings, for the surmounting of sorrow and lamentation, the disappearance of pain and grief, and for the attainment of the true way, for the realization of Nibbana, 
namely the four foundations of mindfulness. So here you have the scene is set with a very lion's roar, if you like, a very powerful statement. Here is the direct path. The original word for this direct path, Ekayanamaga, is an interesting it's an interesting um, etymology to contemplate because sometimes it's translated there is the only, this is the only path. That's how I heard it, you know, it's like you have to only you know, be a Buddhist or whatever, but it doesn't really when you look at the word eka it means one. Yana means vehicle, maga means path. It means this is the path to oneness or this is the path to wholeness. This is the way mindfulness awareness is the way to the to the surmounting of grief and sorrow, to the realization of nirvana and so on and so on, the purification of all beings. This is this is a profound way that is accessible to us here and now. What are these four foundations? Here bhikkhus, a bhikkhu abides contemplating the body as a body. That's the first foundation, contemplating the body. Ardent, fully aware and mindful, having put away covetousness and grief for the world. Again, this is this withdrawing the mind from the grief and the disappointment and the hankering and the longing for the things of the world. This is the training of attention, little by little. He abides contemplating feelings as feelings. This is the second foundation, which gives you a sense of the huge territory of feeling. Sensitive beings, feeling is powerful for us. And this is a whole, one whole realm of the cultivation of the four foundations, which we'll explore as the retreat goes on. Ardent, fully aware, mindful, having put away covetousness and grief for the world, he abides, or she abides, contemplating mind as mind. Third foundation, mind. Ardent, fully aware and mindful, having put away covetousness and grief for the world, he or she abides contemplating mind objects as mind objects. This means all the phenomena, basically, that we can experience, we contemplate with mindfulness. Ardent, fully aware and mindful, having put away covetousness and grief for the world. So the sutta opens with this lion's roar. This is a, a, the way of awakening, a profound way, the way to the one, a direct way, this cultivation and application of mindfulness, and then it starts to go into how we do it. By laying out, actually, it lays out all the territories of all the possible ranges of experiences we can have as a human being. And then it starts to get more specific. So in this first tetrad, which we'll look at today, it begins with the body and with mindfulness of breathing. And how bhikkhus, does a bhikkhu abide contemplating the body as a body? Here a bhikkhu, gone to the forest or to the root of a tree or to an empty hut, sits down, having folded his legs crosswise, sets his body straight and establishes mindfulness in front of him. 
So for us, having come to this forest, to the hut, to the meditation hall, basically it means we, we start by, by withdrawing our attention and bringing it inwardly, coming into our interiority. It's not a rejection of the world, but it's just a putting aside for now, so we can cultivate and develop and strengthen our samadhi, our focus, our ability to be more fully here. holding mindfulness in front, bringing it. It's like what it means is this becomes the primary orientation within the moments of our experience within and gradually within our life. It means mindfulness is always there just with us. Awareness is our refuge, our root, our root, our world road, if you like, to awakening. And then the action, this is such the beauty of the Buddha's teaching, because it's so profound and yet so practical and so doable. Not easy, right, obviously, in some ways, but it's so doable. He presents a very accessible and profound method, which is to, as the Buddha then goes on to say, having established mindfulness in front of oneself, of him, her, ever mindful, She breathes in, mindful, she breathes out. Breathing in long, he understands I breathe in long. Sorry, I'm I'm sort of making the, trying to make this gender accessible (laughs) for all of us here. (laughs) He, she, combinations of he, she. Uh, Ever mindful, she breathes in, mindful, she breathes out. Breathing in long, he understands, I breathe in long. Breathing out long, he understands, I breathe out long. Breathing in short, he understands, I breathe in short. Breathing out short, he understands, I breathe out short. She trains thus. I shall breathe in experiencing the whole body. She trains thus. I shall breathe out experiencing the whole body. She trains thus, I shall breathe in tranquilizing or calming the bodily formation. She trains thus, I shall breathe out tranquilizing or calming the bodily formation. Just as a skilled turner and her apprentice, when making a long turn understands I make a long turn, or when making a short turn understands I make a short turn, so too, breathing in long, a bhikkhu understands I breathe in long. He trains thus. I shall breathe out, calming and tranquilizing the bodily formation. Okay, so I just wanted to put that there as the text, as, the, as a condensed instruction, and then a little bit unpackage it so that we can start to practice it today. There, and to context that by saying there are many different interpretations. And I'm going to work with um, the teachings I've received that I feel make the most sense in terms of understanding breathing in long, breathing in short. So we have this establishing mindfulness, encouraging attention, this aspect of the mind which is attention, it's called manas, it goes out usually into create and generates creates a sense of a world out there 
through its naming of things, through its designation of difference, through its making an object to ourselves, the world out there. This is called manas, aspect of mind. It goes out and goes person, tree, and then it proliferates, like, dislike, complexity starts to happen. So this part of the mind, in mindfulness, starts to be trained to come back and actually rather than keep latching onto objects of the senses, it's trained to come back to the primary object becomes our experience here. So often linked with this training of mindfulness is the term yoniso manis sikara. Manis sikara means to make the mind, yoniso, to make the mind come back to the yoni, actually means womb, interestingly enough. It's talking about awareness, to make the mind come back to the womb, its true depth, its, its original womb, its, its true nature, its aware, you know, which is awareness, its profound awareness which infuses everything. This is the training of attention, is to bring the mind that's going out to thinking and this and that. And, but again and again to train that mind to come back, mindfulness in front, and to come as the Buddha begins to bring it to the body and breath within the body. Have a mindful this short and long breath, and again, there's different interpretations of this, but it's the one that I think is helpful from one of my uh, monastic teachers, Ajahn Sujito, um, abbot of um, Chithurst Monastery in the UK, is that to understand that, to understand it in this way. When we train that attention, we can train that attention to follow the whole pathway of the breath, because now we're working with the breath within the body. We're feeling the breath within the body. And this is the, this is the, the meditation that the Buddha used on the night of his awakening. This is a meditation that, that is threaded throughout the whole of the training of the path of meditation and awakening in the Buddhist suttas. It's very, very so brilliant because it's so simple. <laughs> it's being with the breath, and it's so profound. It can take us into all the insights we need. But first of all, we're establishing relationships. So being with the breath, training that attention to come to the breath within the body. The long breath is as we train that attention to follow the whole pathway of the breath. As we feel it entering the nostrils, as we feel it expanding into the lungs and down into the belly and subtly suffusing the whole body on the inhalation and then following the breath on the exhalation. This is called following the long breath. And it's a training of focusing, of samadhi. And I'm going to use the word samadhi rather than concentration because I think concentration gets everyone tight and struggly. So if we need samadhi gathering, being present with the breath in this gentle but persistently cold, you know, persistently cultivating this training of attention, then there is a gathering that starts to happen. So following the whole of the long breath. And then it's what we start to find often, and sometimes there's a sort of a there is a gathering and a calming, and following the whole of the breath feels 
like it's too coarse for the quality of samadhi, the quality of gatheredness. There's this calming and centering and it feels like, oh, I don't want to follow the whole breath. And then we might find the attention just goes to a certain part of the breath-body experience. Now in Buddhism, the breath isn't just the inhalation and exhalation, it's called the Vayodhata. It means everything that's moving. So it also includes sensation and vibration. So we might just find the attention just going to a subtle vibrationary experience of sensation, which is still part of the breath body. So it may be at the nostrils, it may be in the chest, it may be in a part of the body. And you just feel you're just gently holding attention there while there's this sense of the gathering of awareness, deepening of awareness, grounding of awareness. As this samadhi um, increases. And that you could call a short breath. It's not a literal short breath, like, mm-hmm. although sometimes the breath becomes very subtle in this samadhi. Sometimes, as there is a gathering, at first when we breathe, breath is more coarse, we're doing exercise, but then in meditation, the breath can become very subtle. And so we just hold the attention at that subtle experience. And then it will change, we'll lose, we'll fly off into some pattern and some worry, and then we might breathe more deliberately and follow the whole of the long breath again. So there's this flexibility of how we work with, it's not just like, you know, we latch on like a snapping turtle. And then come what may, we just hold to our technique. (laughs) There has to be some flexibility, some movement. How are we? Are we tight? Then deepen the breath. Maybe take a deeper breath, hold the whole, go the whole long breath, feel the whole breath, soften, open, relax. Maybe there's a real subtlety and gatheredness and you just hold a gentle attentiveness to the subtle sensation of the breath as we feel it as sensation within the body. As we work with the breath in this way, with mixing breath with attention and staying within the bo- our embodiment, which is already hard for us to do, we're so pulled out of our body for, through so many reasons. So to give ourselves lots of kindness and starting again and not activating the inner bully in this practice then the encouragement is to breathe, you know, we're just here, breathing, being attentive, experiencing the whole body and calming the body. On each out-breath, on each in-breath, experiencing the body, on each out-breath, letting go, letting be, calm. So this is our template for today's work. Very, very simple. Again and again, just encouraging our attention to withdraw from its preoccupations and worries and concerns for the world. Again and again, gently reminding ourselves to be here and now with our embodiment. Again and again, gently training attention to be with the experience of the breath and the body sensation. Breathing in, breathing out, calming and experiencing the body. If we find the breath is not, some people find it's not easy to work with the breath, then just stay with the feeling of the sensation of the body. 
That's still the breath, actually. If we feel even very constricted, too tight when we come to the body, just open, gently open your eyes, open your awareness, and just maybe listen to, to sound and silence. This vibration is still part of breath, it's still part of the movement energy. So we can focus in the attention, we can open it according to what our experience is. So just to guide you a little bit for the last few minutes, you please come into a posture that you feel comfortable, with as is encouraging the sutta, the straightening of the spine, not rigid, but this feeling of lifting up through the spine, through the back of the neck, this opening through the front of the body, the chest, this softening down through the belly. Gradually encouraging our attention to come to the body, withdrawing from the preoccupations of the mind where we usually dwell. First, just taking time to feel your embodiment here sitting. How are you now? How is it for you now? You feel a little not quite can, you know, balanced, connected, grounded after getting here, after our journeys, after the impact of the week, the month, the year, the life. Just taking three deepening breaths so you can really feel the breath in the body, breathing down into the belly. Feeling the subtle breath as you breathe, move through all the cells, all the tissues, all parts of your body, and then breathing out, just letting go, letting be. Taking three breaths like this to help focus and gather and ground. time in the sitting, in the walking, in med- in the, during the day, in whatever activity you're undertaking, you can take these three deepening breaths. They're very powerful. really helps to gather your energy, focus, become present. And then continuing, just guiding your attention, maybe with the phrase, be here now. 
or coming to the breath, whatever word works for you to direct your attention, to follow the whole pathway of the breath as you feel it entering your nostrils and expanding into the chest and down into the belly. Feeling the sensation so it's being with the breath within the body. So you're feeling with it rather than observing it from an external position somewhere, a disembodied place. You're feeling within the breath. You feel the whole of the inhalation and then the whole of the exhalation. And you're feeling it as sensation, as expansion and as contraction, as rhythm, as movement, as sensation and vibration. Not only are you directing attention, but you're also receiving the experience of where you've directed attention to. So you direct attention to the breath within the body, but the receptive aspect of attention is to receive and feel the experience of your embodiment. mind will wander, obviously, naturally, and that begins to happen when you notice that, just noticing that without judging or putting, um, you know, like just sometimes it's very interesting how we bring attention back and we do that in a way that doesn't create sort of shock within the system with an undue will or judgment or pressure. So one way of doing that is just to ask the question, how is it now? And you find yourself, you've become a bit more disembodied and pulled by your patterns. Just to ask a question rather than, like, how is it now? And this will invite your attention back into relationships. will gather this aspect of the mind back into relationship with here and now in your embodiment. And then again, re-establishing mindfulness in front, within the heart, and practicing that by coming back to following this whole of the breath, the long breath in the body. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.